Hi everyone, welcome back to Highly Inspired. I'm Ella. And I'm Jordan. Hey guys, um, this week we are going to be talking about Davos and a new amendment that is being voted on right now um, at the UN conference of I think like 195 politicians different politicians and people and stuff. Um, But before we get into that, um, we have a guest on that is going to be sharing with us his new docu-series about the Great Reset, about all things World Economic Forum. Um, And yeah, so we're excited to have him on and kind of just for a few minutes share his project and where you guys can watch it and learn more. The effect will be much similar to Uh, world war and actually all countries in the world are affected we can reshape the world in ways we couldn't before ways that better address so many of the challenges we face and that's why so many are calling for a great reset millions of americans staying at home are relying on amazon millions of americans staying at home are relying on amazon you'll own nothing and you'll be happy It's a phrase you've probably heard over the last couple of years, but what exactly does it mean? So the first question we have was just kind of before... Um, we dive into talking about your series on the Great Reset. Um, Do you mind kind of just telling us a little bit of background on you and your background getting into filmmaking and kind of making a career of that? Yeah, I picked up a camera for the first time in 2018. And at that time, I just like doing, uh, it's like going to clubs and just offering my services for free, taking pictures and stuff just to learn the camera. And then uh, I slowly got a little bit of recognition and started working in uh, it's for the XO label, like the weekend in Toronto. And uh, after that, I kind of realized like, what the hell am I doing? Like I'm, I'm a lot better than uh, a lot of like my peers around me and there's nothing coming out of it. You know, like I wasn't getting the money or that, that's where my mind was at at the time. And then uh, I just kind of started looking into like alternative viewpoints after that um because that was when the black lives matter thing popped off Mm -hmm. and i was surrounded by um like working for exo i was surrounded by big artists who were big pushers of what i believe is their music pushes black people into a corner and it makes them think that they need to be something like their artist tells them how to be like disrespecting women glorifying drugs blah, blah 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 which gets into crime and i'm just like okay well they're not really helping them. Like they're not really doing anything to help anybody. So I got right out of that and I kind of stopped for a while until uh, Trump uh, really got popular and uh, really got, no, nope, he's always popular, but he really got like, he, he got me thinking. And then uh, that's when I started getting into politics a bit more. So fast forward a bit, I started working at Rebel News. Uh, it's a, the biggest conservative news outlet up here in Canada. Um, I don't even know what I could compare it to, to the States, probably like the daily wire. Okay. Bright daily part, wire? Maybe? okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like, the it's kind of like there are counterparts. So Canada's a lot smaller okay. population wise. So we're a lot smaller, but we're big in that aspect where people would think of us as that. 
Um, yeah. And yeah, so I spent a year, like we had a lot of pastors being arrested here in Alberta, which was like for opening up their church, which religious or not, I, I don't think that's okay. Um, and I think that that, that kind of just propelled me into being this freedom fighter of uh, uh, propagating this, this idea of uh, freedom, especially when we had all those vaccine passports come in. Um, we were the number one place for every single Canadian to go to. And we blew up from that because we were the ones telling the other side of the story, like calling the government out for what it is, because I don't know if you guys know this, um, the government, sorry, the, the mainstream media in Canada, they actually lost like $60 billion because no one watched them anymore. They lost all their trust and the Trudeau government bailed them out. Oh, wow. I did not know so that all Trudeau of our media it out. is state funded and it's not a conspiracy. It's like fact. They, some of them even talk about it, like. Trudeau pays them weekly, monthly, or yearly getting up. Wow. To so the, it's, you guys don't have a free press at this point. No. Yeah. It's big brother right there. Yeah. And they're putting through legislature as we speak, um, basically putting alternative media sources at the bottom of any search engine. They're going to force Google and YouTube and Twitter, Facebook um, to basically demonetize us from views without like, as if, the monetized part was people seeing us um but yeah so that's what rebel news is and i kind of came into the scene uh around february i kind of got my name out there a little bit more because there was uh, the trucker convoy here I'm sure mm-hmm. you guys heard about that um yeah so i was the only jur- journalist inside of the border blockade at the coots uh sweetgrass which is uh, alberta and montana border uh, 500 truckers here in Canada had blocked that border for nine days and it was uh, it was like international story so my name blew up and then I blew up and then I was like well I finished that now what's next great reset is that's how and now we're here today so did you not know what the great reset was prior to your work with rebel news or had you already figured out what that agenda was I was well aware. Um, okay. Before, like it, it was, a, it was an, it's an idea that uh, came to be in 2014, and it's really just another name for the global governance, which I've known about for 12 years, like uh, new world order kind of stuff, right? That that yeah. whole idea. Um, but it's it's not a conspiracy, and they're very open about wanting a one world government and wanting uh, a technocratic state, right? So. No, I've definitely known it before, but I really started getting into it while I was with Rebel because now we can actually see the Great Reset come into fruition. Yeah, for sure. It's like, it's one thing to read about it or to um, maybe watch like a YouTube video, but it's another thing to experience it, especially where you are in Canada where, you know, you aren't able to go certain places and the government has just... Um, wrote a $60 billion check to most mainstream news outlets. um, And that's becoming, you know, a total controlled um, information source. Um, So I think it kind of hits a different reality when you start to kind of see not only like the, the warning signs, but the actual implementation of it. Well, I can add like another piece of context to that is that uh, you know, vaccine mandates and vaccine passports aside, the actual part of the World Economic Forum that they've been pushing for the past few years is a digital identity. And uh, 
they released some white papers uh, two years ago, I believe it was, the World Economic Forum, that is, uh, called KDTI, the Known Traveler, Known Traveler Digital Identity Program, which Justin Trudeau and Air Canada, which is our biggest airline here, were the first one to sign up for. So what that means is that your passport will basically be on a QR code and they can scan you at the, at the airport. Like these kind of things are already in Canada. We have Ontario and Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, our provinces, which is your states. We all have digital identity. Like the government's already passed it. It's not experiencing, they're not talking about it. They've done it. And it's like rolling out as we speak. How many people in Canada would you say um, are aware of this being a potential threat because I think a lot of people um, are like oh well digital ID like how is that any different than like my physical passport like we've always had a passport to travel Um, I know Jordan and I like we were born shortly after 9-11 so it's like we don't remember a time where you could go through the airport security without your entire body being violated and scanned (laughs) and all of your stuff being taken apart, you know, if something goes off or whatever. Take your shoes off. Um, Yeah. It's, it's actually like a very dehumanizing process. And I was asleep to even all that stuff and, and kind of the issues with that until the COVID thing happened. So how many people do you think are currently um, awake in Canada, just like percentage wise and kind of are aware, not only of just, Oh, we know what the great reset is, but we identify that this is something that is harmful, not helpful. So I can give you a number. There's 6 million Canadians that are not, that are not vaccinated. So let's take out 2 million kids and then add another uh, 3 million people of people who just got the vaccine to keep their job or to keep, putting food on their family's table. I really judge it by who's vaccinated and who's not. And then add just a little bit more of people who kind of like made a mistake early on after or were, for, yeah. or were forced to, because that really did happen in Canada. People were coerced into it. Yeah. You no, know, I, like I said, I can't, not only can I not leave the country, I'm from Alberta and my parents are in Ontario, which is 48 hour drive. So I can't fly there within my own country. I'm not allowed to get on a plane or a train. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's totally separation of families. Um, how, how far, wait, before we move on, how far away do you think are, is Canada from mandating the, the digital ID? Um, it's a really good question, and I don't have an answer for it. I, uh, you know, it, it could be a thing that they just kind of squeeze in there and say, if you want it, you can have it. Um, you know, because it is convenient having everything on something right having everything on your phone right you 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 want to go out with your friends to a bar and you don't want to carry your id and you get id'd a lot let's say um just you just scan it and say yeah i'm ready to come in like i'm i'm not, I'm, a, I'm i'm of age kind of thing um i guess it's 21 for you guys but yes i i think that it's gonna end up like that for probably about five years and then when the next crisis happens maybe it's gonna be something about the climate where instead of lockdowns, it's you can only go to a restaurant three times a week and it, and you have to scan to get in and it counts it on your phone, like mm-hmm. that kind of thing, right? Yeah. I think that that is further down the line, but definitely a, uh, a possibility. Yeah, I mean, you're starting to see like when you book flights, I don't know if you've noticed this, 
I'm not um, allowed to book flights. Oh, that's, so yeah. <laughs> sorry. Well, anyways, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I mean, I've traveled domestically, um, but haven't traveled internationally yet. But even like looking at flights domestically, they've started to put um, your carbon footprint of each flight next to the price. And even though like it's still up to the consumer, like just even kind of adding that as a design element is definitely kind of the first stage in introducing that, like you said, um, where, you know, you might either have a point system of, you know, you only get to use a several thousand CO points, CO2 points a year, or three times you go to a restaurant or you only get to travel once a year or whatever that, that um, standard is. Um, and that might be tied to your digital identity or something like that. Um, what made you want to do a docu-series about the Great Reset specifically? Um, was it to kind of spread the word and get um, this concept out to people and like tell? I think something that I've always been good at is uh, making uh, big concepts digestible. Okay. I think I've always found that like a good trade of myself even before. So I think me already knowing uh, like parts of it and just doing the extra research, I was just able to bring it into, I'm always been able to bring stuff down into something that people can eat. And it really, this documentary was not for people who already know uh, Great Reset or the, or the World Economic Forum, right? Sure. You could like refresh yourself while, while watching it, but uh, someone who's read the book or, you know, they probably didn't learn too much. Maybe they learned a little bit more about Klaus Schwab, but this is for, this is for those people to send to their family, to send to their friends where, where you can, maybe you try to get this idea across and they're looking at you like you're a crazy person when you're like, no, like they literally said this. Well, now I, I felt that maybe now there's something that you can share to them that already puts it together, has nice music. It looks good. And it, makes it look like something that they'd actually watch uh, on their own. And then they get that information. And it's like, oh yeah, I can see that. That weird German guy actually said that he wants us to eat bugs and live in pods. <laughs> like They're literally doing that. And it's not just some rich guy. It's a rich guy who has influence over all of our leaders. And then they can start to click, which I've seen it happen now. Like I've seen like people have been reaching out to me um, people have been saying like just sending thank you like I've been trying to tell my mom about this for so long but some people just can't get it across and I get that because you get so passionate about these things because you see right through it and then you're like who the hell do I tell how do I tell them and then you tell them and they're like yeah you're a crazy person especially for older for older generations too I and we I've noticed this personally with talking about this I think there's a big disconnect between generations it's hard for them to understand that this has been in the works and had have been has been sliding under the radar for years and right underneath their noses it's it's really hard for them to wrap their heads around that well you look at like what the uh, world economic forum entails is like i said just the smaller aspect of you know getting rid of meat and eating bugs or you will owe nothing and be happy just like simple taglines that they have um you try to tell your grandpa or like your uncle or something about this they're like yeah we went through this already it's called communism and then it's like yeah exactly it's coming back it's like no that would never happen like people died and people don't have to die this time for them to succeed you know they want that full control and they'll they'll try to get it either way well it's honestly 
You're right. And it, and, and I think that's, they've figured out how, I mean, now with technology, with social media, with um, just television, everything, like you can control people without forcing people to do things. Like how many people did we see get vaccinated even that didn't need to for their job or anything. Um, but just because they wanted to post it on social media for that social engagement. Um, so it's like, you don't even need to, we, you know, the government doesn't or the government or the world economic forum or whoever ends up being the ultimate governing body doesn't need to necessarily put a gun to anyone's head or have a, a huge physical bloody war to, um, to, implement their control and to kind of reel that in. Um, and I think that that's kind of what is hard to wrap your head around with the world economic forum is like, even when you go on their website and like you see some of the videos or like the articles, it's graphically presented so cleanly and nicely and it looks so professional. And it's not like, it's not like you're looking at the CC P website even, or, you know, something that's like red and intense. It's, it's very um, like the videos that they do are like very well done. And so it's easy to be like, Oh, well, this is just like some environmental group agency where other, you know, a bunch of countries come together and are trying to fix certain problems and stuff. Like, I don't really see what the issue is. Like they're just trying to help people. So I think, using that same information and put, and reorganizing it into a film is helpful to kind of really show the true colors of what they're trying to do, I guess. Well, that's exactly it. And like the point you brought up and the point I was uh, conveying before, of like, this is all things that they said, you know, if, if, if you watch it and pay attention to the narrator, uh, my friend Lewis, he doesn't really present to you any information. He just kind of carries the story and, you let them say what they have to say right so it's it's just it's just things like that that i, I really meant to to uh put in there to amplify the fact that these people are very open about what they have to say what they have planned for you in the future uh, yeah um on that in terms of how you actually compose this because um, i watched episode one i thought it was very good the narration was very well executed. It was super easy to follow, digestible, as you said. Um, but I, I think that's a great point that you're explaining. The clips that you inserted of some of these leaders actually speaking, it's coming from them. Yeah, you did. You had no part of the script, which was um, stating so-called facts or anything, speaking on, on behalf of maybe what they have said. So um, yeah, I think that that not only covers your bases as a creator and as you continue to build this docu-series and move on to new projects, but um, that, I mean, that definitely is good reinforcement for if anyone tries to come back and say that, you know, you didn't pull information from them because you 100% did. Yeah, you know, the, the really only complaint uh, that I've had about that, like from other people is like, I don't really have a way to give you all the links right so you can like read further mm. so i think uh i think that's just something that i will do in the next time because you know i, I get a 30 second clip in there and people want to watch the whole video right yeah so that, that's a good thing that's a good complaint like that's what i want i, I want you to say like hey i'll give me more yeah. yeah yeah exactly yeah. i mean that's what you're trying to get across um what would you say so something that i've noticed from people when i've tried to 
share with them about the great reset and even people who might be more open-minded a lot of people are like oh like that's such a downer like i don't want to think about that like that's so depressing or that's so dark um and maybe it's been a little bit more i don't know if it's been a little bit more digestible in canada because it seems like things have been more strict whereas here in the u.s yeah there's been some places that have been strict but even like i was just in los angeles two weekends ago and i didn't have to show any vaccine or wear any mask like things we've definitely had things easier here and not that there had the government if they could they wouldn't have us like Canada or somewhere else um but just the way that the U.S. is structured it wasn't as easy for them to achieve that so what would you say to those individuals who um you're trying to share this information with them but they're hesitant to take it in because it's just so heavy you know it's just, it, you know, it's a hard question to answer because people will listen when they're ready. You know, maybe they'll be looking at you and their ears are open, but they're not actually going to listen. So I think it's just important to not even really stress about those people. And, and if they're really close to you, you know, hold them near and dear and send them, keep sending them links. But, and it sucks to hear this and it's the hard pill to swallow is that you're probably not the person to tell them then because if they're, let's say they're close to you, you know, they're not going to take you serious in that light where if some random person were to, were to tell them about it, they might react differently because it's not coming from someone that they know. Right. So like, I actually, I, I don't put too much focus on those people who are uh, not necessarily open to this stuff. You know, like if they're, if they're not militant about it, they're not violent to you about it or like just emotionally attack you because, you know, you try to go against the worldview then they're, they're just simply not ready. You know what? I, I mean, and those, those people who would attack you about it, I wouldn't even say a word, right? Like I'm not going to fight with them, but the people who aren't ready just aren't ready yet. And that's why I wanted to make something like this so that when they are ready, they have like an instant door that they can just walk through, right? It's for people mm-hmm. on the fence. But I hope that answers your question. Is, is a hard Yeah, one. it does. It's <laughs> kind of like you don't have to take advantage of every conversation because now you've put something out into the world that is available to people. It's their option to watch it as opposed to you trying to force a conversation. Is that kind of what you're trying to say? Yeah. I think it's, we just need more of that content, you yeah. know, like, like this podcast, right. It's like, it, this is something that you would listen to if you're already into it, you're already deep into it. Like you probably couldn't send this to your aunt who doesn't really know much, right? Because we're so like on one side where we're just speaking as if mm-hmm. like this is a true reality, but to them, it's not a reality yet. Yeah, it's missing right? too much context. It would take yeah. hours to fill up that with context. So imagine you speaking like how we're speaking to someone who doesn't understand it. It's going to be the exact same thing as if they were watch- listening to the podcast about it, right? They're watching yeah. a horror movie trying to laugh. Like it's just, it just doesn't click, doesn't connect. So in your series, do you go more in depth with each episode or is each episode kind of that same tone where you're keeping it high level to someone who's learning about this for the first time, but just kind of covering different areas of uh, their agenda? Yeah, a little bit of both. So the first one was uh, introducing the reset. So who is Klaus Schwab? What is the World Economic Forum? What do they want to do? When did it start? Which is a which is a very important part. It's like who started it, um, and then it leads into well, 
the last sentence. The last sentence is, "I hope I can answer these questions for you in the docu series." So there's five parts to the uh, Great Reset, which is technological, economical, environmental, geopolitical, and societal. So we're gonna go into each and every one as, as they're those are the five chapters in the book. Mm-hmm. We're gonna go through each and every one, see who's a part of the World Economic Forum in each section. Uh, you know, like just for instance, economical, we have the World Trade Organization is mm-hmm. on the chair of the World Economic Forum. Like, wow, coincidence. So we're gonna explain what she, what that, what what she does. That chair, that chair person, woman, whatever, uh, has in has like ties to in the great reset how that affects you as a canadian as an american a brit whatever you are um and then obviously like we'll have some like bonus stuff on the side like um like the doc like one of the the producers lewis he's on the documentary team he's in switzerland right now like we're doing a inside davos we're there like Mm -hmm. our, our rebel news team is there i couldn't go because i couldn't leave canada but uh, like we're going to show people what it's like actually inside the World Economic Forum because they have their meeting right now. So we'll have that like coming out. Like we'll we'll want to really break it down and like I keep saying, make it digestible. That's awesome that you're diversifying just your methods of doing the journalism. I think that that will not only enhance the experience and the impact of of the series, but also just for you as a journalist, which you stated you are, um, that will you know, that will give you a whole new level of skills. Um, so yeah, that, that sounds super exciting. Um, obviously we wish certain things in the world were a bit different right now, but, um, yeah, we're making what we can out of it. So, um, well, Kian, I, I guess we just, we're so grateful that you came on and gave us some background into your, into your docu-series. Do you have anything you'd like to share more on it? Um, where can, people find it um if they'd want to watch or support it um yeah let let everybody know if you can yeah well i'd I'd like to actually end on a positive note with spoiling the ending of the docuseries okay (laughs) so in the book it talks about quantum politics and quantum politics is uh basically just it's the easiest way to put it is it's what the word complexity means so a human being has wants desires needs aspirations goals dreams everything you you name it you have it right you what you go through with your daily life like in your consciousness and and how you go by every single human being has one of those all seven billion so you got one percent of the one percent of the elites who want to direct seven billion people 200 million of those seven billion are on twitter 300 million of them are on Instagram. I don't know the numbers for Facebook, but I'm sure it's up there. And those 1 billion people just go back at each other and just fight over politics, fight over this and fight over that, right? At least Mm -hmm. 6 billion people who you have not heard, who you have not listened to, who you don't know their aspirations, you don't know their goals, you don't know their dreams. And the World Economic Forum admits this and they know this, that they cannot control 7 billion people because humans are complex humans we have an inherent desire for freedom we have an inherent desire to be free and i think that just puts everything in a positive mind for everybody who like really likes this information and doesn't know where it goes is that the world economic forum has actually admitted their defeat long before this book long like it's in the book but they know that they can't do this and that's probably why america is so open 
why you say you haven't experienced it in America is because America's the most diverse place in the world. Yeah. It has all the opinions. Every single opinion is in America. And that's a good thing. And the World Economic Forum doesn't like that. So why, why, why the hell would they go to America, even though Biden is there, right? Yeah. But yeah, if you want to watch a documentary, it's at exposereset.com. You'll find everything there. And you'll see all of our uh, coverage that we're doing in Davos right now as well. Well, that was that was a great like taught like great time. Very to great <laughs> background um, in terms of his work and what he's created. Um, I always love seeing people who care about creating something content related surrounding topics as heavy as these, i.e., the Great Reset. Um, and I mean, I don't know if I'll ever do that at some point in time, but I know that it definitely takes a lot of thought and research and writing. And um, there's a lot of skills that are required in order to put something like that together. So, yeah, um, yeah I definitely commend him for doing that. Yeah, um, I, I agree. And um, should we dive into what we want to talk about this week? Yeah, I mean, we also want to give you guys our take on, you know, <laughs> given the times of that tomorrow, actually, at the time of recording this, is the event. The event. It, actually, is, kind of a multitude of events. This, but <laughs> Yeah, but okay, so what is happening right now? While Americans have been fighting over things like abortion and the Roe Wade versus Roe versus Wade situation. And in the background, what's been going on while everyone's been distracted with that is we are in the middle of handing the U.S.'s medical sovereignty to the WHO at a level that has not happened before. Mm -hmm. And basically what happened was back in January, the Biden administration quietly sent over um, these extensive <laughs> amendments um, to the WHO. And this would basically allow for all these different countries to no longer be able to make decisions about health by themselves without consulting the who and basically the who would be dictating what decisions are made in mm -hmm. individual countries, including mm -hmm. the US. Mm -hmm. So while we've been fighting about abortion, it might that might not even be relevant because if you have to answer the who anyways, who cares what our policies are in terms mm -hmm. of healthcare in mm -hmm. the US? In short, if this ends up being the new hierarchy of authority, any conversations, legislation, legal conversations about the laws and decisions that are made surrounding anything medical or health, which are very broad terms, mm -hmm. right? Um, they aren't up to us anymore. They won't be up to anybody. Even, you know, the commander in chief, the president of the United States will not have the power to trump what the World Health Organization's ultimate deciding decisions are. Mm -hmm. So um, that's really scary. Um, I don't think that never, never before have we not been able to decide, you know, an ultimate, I guess, frame of legislation here. Like yeah. we've never, we've never lost full control like that. So. Yeah. So what this will do is this will enable the director general to, to, to declare health emergencies at will. So at any point, and there can be any justification used to orchestrate um, any economic or financial actions against the 
targeted nation by the nations aligned with the who. Um, so what that means is like, let's say something happens in America, the who can step in and there's a health crisis, the who can step in and be like, this is what we're going to do to solve the problem, either financially or economically even. So it's not even just like health decisions. This even goes broader to larger economic factors, which is what we saw with COVID because how they responded to a health crisis was by shutting down the economy and that had a, and schools and colleges and our, basically Life. our entire world and that anything that wasn't essential. So what we're doing here is we're allowing for that to happen at any point. And there really isn't a ton of justification that needs to go into that. And so it's not just about like health even it's mm-hmm. even like economy stuff, financial stuff, lifestyle stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, and I think that the framework surrounding this whole messaging and probably what the treaty entails will be so vague so that it allows for room for say case scenarios that go down like a pandemic of which we haven't seen before or a new set of cir- circumstances. If it doesn't perfectly fit within the framework of the treaty, then it'll probably be given wiggle room to allow them to make more authoritative decisions and, you know, kind of go outside of the framework they've already set. So that's also what I'm scared of because the terms health and medical well-being are, are so vague that could relate to mental health, that could relate to spiritual health, that could relate to economic health. Like, what does that mean? And so either we need to see some very specific circumstances outlined in the clauses of this treaty, or which we'll probably never see because they're never going to publicize <laughs> publish yeah. it. But um, Well, they, it might be. I don't know if it's public or not. But I do know that um, you are right and according to this this one article that I have pulled up, it says the term public health emergency, which is what is used in the documents, is ill-defined and could not only include a viral pandemic, but also gun violence, climate change, digital passports, or any other issue that is arguably may affect public health. Mm. These amendments would grant such power. So exactly what you're bringing up, mental health, spiritual health, close down churches, close down schools. Close down businesses. Yeah, you know, shut down your phone. How about a, a, a grid blackout where you have no inter- internet access anymore? They could say that that's all in the in the prioritization of health yeah. and boosting people's health, global health, community health, like local health. It's it's just so overarching over so many aspects of life because who, what would we be without health? Who would we be? I mean, we wouldn't exist without health. So. Um, yeah, I think that that vagueness scares me and I, it's very terrifying that all of these articles and pieces of media covering this um, this treaty are using, you know, justification that they're, one, they're already stating, like digital IDs, passwords, climate, like these are totally different aspects that aren't even related to the pandemic that just happened mm-hmm. or a future pandemic. It's um, control. Yeah, so it's it's kind of concerning that they're already using those terms to condition us to probably what's going to come. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And of course, I mean, this was, this was submitted again by our government, by the U S government, the Biden administration, it will affect other countries. 
Um, but like this was something that didn't need to happen. Um, and it was kind of done quietly. And I feel like it was done when we started to, to stand up against our government for the mask mandates mm. for the vaccine stuff. You start seeing that going away. And- yeah. That started going away this winter, right when this was getting submitted. So it's almost like, Oh, well, because we couldn't pass those laws in our country, we're going to trump our own government and do that. And even if you think, Oh, well, like this is fine. Like this doesn't affect me now. Well, it could affect you. You know, everyone's so concerned right now about their abortion, right? It literally won't matter if a govern if a government agency or a, an outside agency like the WHO that's global that has ties to the CCC, CCP who force it, who has forced abortion or forces children on people. China mm. has a history of that mm. with the one child policy, and then them realizing, oh, our population's decreasing, and now they're trying to encourage people to have more kids. So you're putting that type of health that people are concerned about reproductive health Mm. at risk by it being delegated to this larger body and basically they are voting on it this week and then they will have six months before it becomes a like a law within the who um so by november that would be by before the end of the year yeah so i don't know i feel like the only way for us to get out of this at this point would be if congress pass something within that time frame to try to block it. But I don't even mm-hmm. know how that's possible. I don't know within what the Trump's six Trump's months within, I guess, I don't know. I don't okay. know what would you think that, that our laws would, if there was something specific about the who can't do this, that would Trump it. Or do you think that the um, who would Trump our law? I don't know. Well, if it is actually implemented six months down the road, if it's signed, if it's signed on and implemented, yes, I do think that it would. But also, I mean, dude, think about how much success has they've already had. The World Health Organization, the UN, all these globalist organizations. Think of how much success they've already had in creating, formulating these agendas, and um, you know, starting tests and trials mm. and experiments and then releasing things on a larger scale to the public I mean they've clearly already had success with that so I feel like they will no matter what stop at nothing to try you know try to have their hand in activities that are going on over in America because they know that we're kind of we're kind of the last (laughs) great defense (laughs) with that freedom Mm -hmm. and if we can't even hold strong with it then who can yeah that's a good point because i didn't realize this but like in other countries like in germany for example like you think oh like it's a democracy like they have freedoms blah 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 but they they have a lot of restrictions there like i saw that if um you you aren't allowed to homeschool your kids that's considered like illegal in Germany. If Jeez. you don't vaccinate your kids, you get fined thousands of dollars just for not vaccinating your kids against certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, there was something else that I saw that was weird. I don't know. There might have been something else. But it's just like how I feel like we've been under the impression that I think we switched the word like democracy to be like, oh, like it's a a democracy just means like, oh, it's comfortable. 
but no, it's really about like you can do whatever you want without the government stepping in and slowly mm -hmm. like all these democracies have become less democratic, just like monarchies or mm -hmm. huge. I mean, the, it's like the chancellor of Germany is going to Davos this weekend mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. was kind of groomed by them. Yeah, it's like making their citizens feel as though they have complete freedom although they're suffocating under all of these laws that go against that perfect ideal scope of freedom. So, yeah, you're right. Who of these world leaders at this point, especially in first world countries, is not a part somehow affiliated with this organization, the World Health Organization, or Davos of some sort? Yeah. Like they're all in this hyper-elite, club and who knows maybe there's elites that are even beyond them mm -hmm. that we don't even know the names of because they're so hidden private hidden yeah. from us and and for deliberate reasoning um i would i would assume that's out there but below them at least the leaders that we do know we know the names of these political figures of these prime ministers of these um you know even in our own government like we have people that probably are connected to just network wise to um, these leaders. So it's interesting yeah. to think that they're all just centralizing in this one place tomorrow to talk about this. Mm -hmm. And clearly there, there will, I, I believe that there will be some sort of um, group decision decided on tomorrow. Obviously it's not going to happen right away if this is voted on, but I mean, it's still scary. To we're think gonna. About. I feel like we're gonna know yeah. one at least what the siding is. Mm -hmm. And it's. I feel like it's gonna change some of the momentum here with the government because they're gonna be like, well, like we, like thank goodness we got this done because we weren't getting the masks on the airport planes. We weren't getting the vaccine mandates. Like everything was getting shut down here. Like all of the policies, but now that they have this kind of wild card that has been hidden kind of from us and on, on the DL for several months um, that definitely kind of shifts the, the feeling and the momentum being kind of in the right direction to maybe being in the wrong direction. Mm -hmm. um, but kind of shifting over to the World Economic Forum, which is separate from this uh, UN vote that's going on, but it's all happening in Switzerland, mm -hmm. weirdly enough. Mm -hmm. um, there is a Davos meeting this weekend as well coincidentally and which is spearheaded by the world economic forum yes that davos is the the i guess the meeting place that's like the name for it it's a yearly it's yeah. a yearly meeting and i believe it kind of happens at different times of every year i think it's normally in the beginning part of the year i'm not sure if it's always in may but um yeah it's a big deal and I think it's in one of the most isolated towns in Switzerland, oh, too. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I, like, looked at it on the map one time. Well, and it was, like, in the middle of nowhere. And Switzerland is where a lot of, like, oligarchies and stuff, they hide a lot of money, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I think it might have to do with the laws mm. um, or transportation laws or something like that. Because it's a lot easier to, if say you made a bunch of money in Europe and you withdrew it in cash to try to bring it back to the States. Um it's easier to do it there. Okay. So maybe it's just something to do with the banking system, but yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I know. Okay. So there's 
25 American officials, including two White House representatives that are going to Davos this year. Um, 12 of them are Democrats and then 10 of them are Republican politicians. So this isn't something that is one-sided. This is something that is deep in our government on both sides. Mm. Um, One of the main people from our government that's going is John F. um, Kerry, who I'm I'm sure you know who that is. That's kind of the, the head presidential guy for climate change. And he's always in his private jet. Well, while, adver- <laughs> while advertising that the world's ending and yep. that we need to stop being wasteful. Okay. I- the irony. Yeah. There's that's, enough of those. That's funny. Yeah. But I don't know. It sounds like their agenda is going to be about kind of COVID and getting people to trust them again after that. That was kind of what I read in the little blur with their agenda because I think mm. that they're realizing now that they've been a little bold like they've Mm. been a little bit bold with like sharing their stuff i think that they're trying to kind of regroup and re-strategize just because i think they were surprised with how many people were you know resistant at least in protesting for Mm. so long against the COVID stuff Mm. and they had to kind of they're not going to give up but they're regrouping in a way um, and so that kind of seems like what their agenda is kind of focused around. And then obviously like pushing the 2030 agenda mm-hmm. and stuff like that, that we've talked about on mm-hmm. countless podcasts. Well, I would be interested in seeing if there's any transcripts that could be dug up from this, because I believe when we, when Ella, when we first found the transcript for the 2019 World Economic Forum, Davos Conference, we were able to find some information about how they talked about like a simulation, planning planning the events of Event a simulation. 201. 201, yeah. I think. Yeah, it, which basically was a simula- the simulation of COVID-19 and not even a year later, COVID, actual COVID-19 pandemic happened. happened. Yeah. So um, clearly whatever was birthed because of that 2019 meeting ended up resulting in where we're at today because of everything that was constituted from the, you know, from the pandemic. So I mentioned that because I think it can emphasize the magnitude of, of how much can be accomplished productivity wise by them meeting in person at this place. Um, And so I don't think that it's far out to say that, whatever is i guess discussed tomorrow could could happen in a year the cyber attacks that have been hinted at <laughs> a blackout a full yeah. grid blackout um i've seen articles mentioning a climate change pandemic like a climate change shutdown um there could be several things so and not to, i'm not saying that i would think they're bad but yeah, I mean, one That's of the scary. things that I think will definitely be discussed, and I, we can we can play the clip right now if we want, um, but this is the Pfizer CEO, and he's talking about those new pills that have the chip in them mm. um, that are wireless, and I think that that is, this is something that um, he's discussing literally with the World Economic Forum mm. 
logos in the background. So it, mm. it's definitely something that I think is like top of mind. And I think even says that it already being backed by the yeah. World Economic Forum. Yeah. And the FDA, right? He was saying that the FDA already has approved this technology. Okay. Let's, let's play, give us a play and kind of see what he has to say. Logical chip that it is in the tablet. And once you take the tablet and dissolves into your stomach, sends a signal that you took the tablet. So imagine the applications of that, uh, compliance, uh, the insurance companies to know that the medicines that patients should take, they do take them. Uh, it is uh, fascinating what happens in, in uh, this field. So this is concerning. Um, this is a device that is going to be, you know, it, I think I'm having a hard time visualizing it. Like, is it seriously such a microchip? You can't even see it because we all know pills are tiny. Yeah. You know, pills that you're swallowing for a supplement or, or prescribed medic medicine. It's, it's and so they're normally this, small. Would this microchip like plant inside of you somewhere and stay, and then that data is like getting sent somewhere. Um. Or how is this? How does it stay? Where does it go to your body? I think from. I'm sure it goes through the digestive tract at some sort or in some way and or maybe it dissolves once like it's gotten the data that it needs because it sounds like it's and only going to be it sensitive. It needs the data of what you're ingesting. Yeah. Like something needs to send a sort of trigger that it's been consumed. Mm -hmm. Whether it's like through stomach acid hitting it or whatnot, I don't know. But um, And that's all they're advertising. Maybe it does more. Yeah. Maybe it's maybe it does go somewhere. Maybe it doesn't just turn off once it dissolves. Maybe it's a, a type of metal I mean, chip. The that fact that we're even fine with this as a potential option is mm -hmm. like in what world is this a helpful invention? I think it only helps these companies. Yeah. It doesn't help us as patients who are just trying to feel better. Like, why are you taking the pill to begin with if you don't have something that you're trying to treat yeah. health-wise. Um, what sort of data they get from this that's relevant? I don't, like, what is really relevant about knowing if a patient took a pill or not? Well, I think is it just to see, okay, here's this many people aren't taking it, so that's the resistance. We need to isolate them. We need I, to punish them. I think it could be dependent on what the drug is. So let's say um, there is a, you know, the the... A World Health Organization is directly linked to the CC the CCP. Um, up until recently, the CCP had a rule, the One Child Policy Rule. So imagine if they had all their citizens having a chip that made sure that all their citizens took birth control pills and were taking that mm -hmm. after they had their one kid. Mm -hmm. So I think that's like an example. It's it's, it's, example. it's um it allows you to have a behavior what if there was what if they wanted everyone to take a pill that made people sick and then they had to get more pills and it just increased the industry or um took some sort of medication that made you more like machine-like i mean again the goal of these people is like the transhumanism agenda mm -hmm. and so this kind of puts us in a le at least a place to kind of push that agenda along. Yeah, it furthers um, it. Even though it's just a step, it's still a step m more towards mm -hmm. the ultimate transhumanism 
reality. Yeah. Which is where. Which it, isn't a conspiracy theory. Like multiple people have said that, that that is what the goal is. I mean, think of how close we already are. I mean, yeah. even though we don't have the devices attached to us biologically, we're around devices 24-7. Our phone is our basically, phone is basically touching our bodies at yeah. s- for a couple hours a day. Yeah. Every day. And aside from, aside from the devices, we also have radiation flying through our bodies every second of the day. Because we have, we have yeah. Wi-Fi in every indoor location that we're in most mm-hmm. of the time. Um, people don't normally turn their Wi-Fi networks off at night. I mean, you probably could, should do that because it just turns off the radiation. But all of these are EMF-producing um, technologies that are foreign to humans. Yeah. I mean, we're not... I don't know if we have evolved quick enough to not see any ramifications from that. Um, so, yeah, because of all these devices, I think we kind of already are in, like, the preface to ultimate transhumanism. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, it's 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 scary to think about. I'm interested to see that what comes out of Davos this year because I mean whatever they discuss is like you said it will be a prediction of what's to come. Um and I think that definitely they're going to just keep pushing strong for the 2030 agenda and this UN amendment that is getting passed that Biden the Biden administration sent over um, also assists them in pushing that forward. It mm-hmm. really um, centralizes power even more so than things were pre-COVID and allows um, multiple countries to be subject to a larger third-party entity to make decisions not only about health but about the other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are things that people can do right now. Um, there's like a few different... Um, petitions you can sign. Um, there's different uh, email chains that you can, um, you know, email drafts that you can send out to your local representatives to make sure that they bring some sort of legislation in place that could. We'll have a few links attached. Yeah, well, to this episode. Yeah, so that people can do whatever they can, um, even if it's in a small way, to try to push back against this. Mm-hmm. And even if you don't sign, at least read what some of the content is that they're. Um, bringing light to, I mean, just if you want to hear from another source other than us, if you haven't before. Yeah, because I I truly feel like when I heard about this, I only heard about it a a week or two ago, and it, to me, seemed like one of the biggest, it should be the biggest news story right now. It is, yeah. And I remember a couple weeks ago- no one's really talking about it. When that Supreme Court draft about the potential Roe versus Wade- discussion leaked because that was a leak right I mean very random it was on like a Tuesday night or Wednesday night or something like that Mm. um I remember initially we we both talked about it and we were like oh my gosh this is huge um but something that we've been so conditioned to question when when big news stories come out like that is okay why did this come out what could this be correlated to is this trying to subvert us from something else that could be bigger? And so we had that conversation and I don't think I knew right away, but yeah, once, once I found out about this event, all the dots connect and I was like, okay, that is exactly what there, that had to have been a component of trying to um, allow the media to debacle over the Roe versus Wade scandal and the new mm -hmm. current events that came out because of that leak to, I guess, deter people's attention from 
oh, here's this massive conference that's happening. And in previous years, probably the biggest global events that have occurred begin at this conference. Mm -hmm. So we need to make sure people's attention do not focus on that. I totally agree. And you're so right. And our government has these things set up that they know will divide people, um, you know, divide the country like 50-50 and create an uproar. And when you really look at the Roe versus Wade situation, it isn't that a lot of people, it's, it's not as extreme as the media makes it because all of the European countries, like every other Western country, they have abortion bans up in usually around like 12 weeks. Mm. The U.S. is the only like major, one of the only few Western countries, if not one of the few countries in the world that allows for abortion up until nine months. So for the government to just be like, hey, we're not doing it up until nine months. It's now up to the states to decide what stage they're going to ban it. It's not really what the media is presenting, which is like abortions are getting outlawed all Mm. across the board. Like that's not even what is what this all means. And so I think that happens whether, you know, this is just one example, but there's a ton of issues like that, that everyone just gets so emotionally charged and distressed (laughs) over something like this. Truth, (laughs) And they unravel this like crazy energy where everyone's like protesting and like crying on social media and reposting stuff. (laughs) Meanwhile, in the background, this is going on that will have a way larger impact on your right to abortion or whatever, not no right to abortion because (laughs) this is a a way bigger thing. Yeah, no, you're right. It's almost too big that they can't induce that level of an emotional response or an emotionally charged response because it's so big and hard to understand and so out of our framework of dialogue and discussion and understanding that we don't even know what emotions to respond with, which is why something like the Roe versus Wade and something that's a little bit more relatable and on the ground and, you know, a lot more in everybody's vernacular and our, in our interpersonal local dialogue, that's something that's so much more heated and emotionally charged, which is why we all quickly responded so quickly and, you know, all this drama came out of it. But why, but this goes back to like the media and what they're choosing to cover and what, what our education is on things. Like if this is a bigger deal than Roe versus Wade getting overturned, and if this is going to have more of a direct impact on citizens than Roe versus Wade getting overturned, Mm. why aren't people educated about that? Do you get what I'm saying? It's like on purpose, we're kept uneducated and kept dumb to mm, care about saying. things that are really non-issues. Like when yeah. you look at at the Roe versus Wade getting overturned, there were already states that had stricter regulations than nine months. And there are states that already have regular, that allow abortion up until nine months. So we already are existing with all these different variations within different states. So why does it matter if it gets overturned? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And if European countries, which we're supposed to be on the same page as them are all banning abortion after 12 weeks, like, why are we so obsessed with like, there's not that many abortions that happen at like 
eight months. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, why are we so obsessed with that? And I don't think it's because that many people are like wanting abortion for that late. I think it's just because we've been conditioned to have a reaction based off of something that divisive mm-hmm. and you're being programmed to react in a certain way, as opposed to like people being mm-hmm. exposed to this and being reactive to this. Cause this is a lot yeah. scarier in my opinion. I agree. No, I think you make a really good point about how if something like this gets passed and it trumps, it basically would, <laughs> would make all of the effort and, emphasis and marketing and advertising that's been going on for us to change things locally here if that trumps all of that effort what's the point what's the point (laughs) why did why did we spend all of this time on it in the first place do you think that if they knew that an organization existed and if they were exposed to more truth surrounding this conference and this treaty do you think that they would pick up on that i think talking about just like the general public so but this is like how many how much reprogramming do we need to get people like red pilled into this stuff you know i think it's slowly happening but i think that the majority of people are have gone through um years and years of traditional education traditional american education where things you know colleges where things are painted in a certain light and i mean we never learned about um this type of stuff. We, mm-hmm. I, when I was younger, I mean, you remember when you're little, you have like model UN and mm-hmm. that's like a big deal to be part. Like we like, glo- we, we put the UN on a pedestal. Like we put it as this like positive peace loving organization, which it's actually a very corrupt organization. Mm-hmm. Like the yeah, UN. UNICEF too. Yeah. 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 Cause they're, they help third world countries and, and, you no, know, <laughs> but that's what we're marketing. That's, that's what, what we're, we're told. Yeah, it's it allows negotiations and like I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think I think that unfortunately we're just so off kilter that when you do bring this up to someone who might be like emotionally charged about uh, Roe versus Wade, one way or the other, and they're dismissive of something like this. It's, I think it goes back to just that general programming that we all struggle to break through. And unless you're really doing your own research and you're not going to break through, it's hard to break through it. You know? (laughs) So I know I just was, I had Twitter folds up and I saw, so this is today's Saturday night. Um, top trending is hashtag Bill Gates bioterrorist. (laughs) And I was just looking at it and, I, apparently he's just pro monkeypox vaccine. Okay, yes. What about the monkeypox? <laughs> what about the monkeypox? Honestly, I don't know much about it other than I've seen some really disgusting photos, and I don't know if that is monkeypox or not. But I mean, do you think we need a vaccine for this? Do we need to add another shot routine under- and booster routine because of this? Like, I mean, at yeah, this I point, don't. are we are we at our annual new virus infection that needs to get? I guess why I'm frustrated is because even if monkeypox is like a becomes a thing and it's scarier than COVID and like I think anything skin related is just already like grosser. Yeah, it can't COVID. be hid either. If you if yeah. you have COVID, you can hide it. Yeah. If you have the monkey welts, pox. if you have welts <laughs> flying, you know, circ- like all over your arms, you're gonna look pretty. F- funky yeah it's gonna be painful the scratching and stuff Mm -hmm. but i think why i'm like i don't even want to think about the vaccine stuff is because i know after we know how covid was created in a 
a lab that was funded by the U.S. government in Wuhan, China, that was doing gain-of-function research, which we know can leak and cause issues. So when I hear monkeypox, I'm just frustrated because I'm like, I don't even want to think about the vaccine. I want to be annoyed at whoever created this and unleashed it now mm-hmm. that we know these people's track record, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah, and once again, the dialogue goes to, this is back to the medical loose conversation where we start to talk about vaccines and we start, okay, we hear about monkeypox and then we instantly <laughs> start talking about more drugs to fix it. And that's just the proof of like, why don't we just go to the foundation? Where did this come from? Let's shut that down. Yeah. Like, let's go to the source. Let's shut that, that down. Let's literally try to cross off every possible or bullet point put before in prison. mass producing a vaccine yeah. and, and or requiring it. Yeah, put Bill Gates and in prison. And I think the foundation could be just put Bill Gates in prison. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I am very pro that. Yeah, um, and, we'll, and we're dealing with the baby formula shortage right now, mm-hmm. which is like a whole nother thing. Mm-hmm. Of, Soon to be not just baby food sh- shortage and baby formula shortage, but real people, adult food shortages yeah. too because of the Russia-Ukraine. Um, and the burning down of the food processing centers. Yeah. Do you think that Bill Gates will be at the event? Tomorrow? Oh, at Davos? Or yeah, at, at Davos. Um, I think. I didn't, see, I didn't see him on the list of speakers, but I wouldn't be surprised if he Because wasn't he at it in 2019? Yeah, wasn't he a part yeah, of that? Was, oh, the event 2201. He was one of the main mm-hmm. groups. It was that and then um, John Hopkins and some other some other groups. Um, but yeah, I think it'll be interesting. Um, we're definitely, we're going to stay up to date with that and 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 any other further conversations that need to come from that will. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I wouldn't put it past them to try to figure out some sort of way to articulate in this treaty, in this document, whatever gets officiated and solidified. I, th- I think that they're going to try as hard as they can to keep it as vague and broad as possible to overarch as many hypothetical scenarios that could hit the global population as possible so that they can secure some sort of authority. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, it'll be really scary to, I feel it will be a massive turning point for the country of America if we lose an element of our sovereignty as large as public health. Yeah, it's already scary enough being, I, I already don't like our federal government and that already feels out of my control. Mm-hmm. And so imagining an, a larger institution like the WHO being in mm-hmm. charge. Is, like on steroids, basically the Fed, uh, the Fed on steroids. <laughs> and not having, no one voted for any of those, mem- the WHO. No one, we don't vote for them. Mm-hmm. So. You're right. <laughs> Anyways. Well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, guys, just definitely keep an eye out for any dialogue that you come across on that. Yeah, keep your eyes peeled. Be skeptical. Um, we may do a recap on what ends up coming out of the event. Mm -hmm. Also, it's happening on the date, which is May 22nd of 2022. And if you perhaps listened to our previous episode about the Pluto return, um, to two, 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 two date that we did earlier this year, we went into depth talking about just the numerology behind the number two and what that means for it 
I, be, I mean, it's the 250th anniversary, basically, of like the founding of America and when the Declaration of Independence was signed. So there's all of these, um, there's just a lot of like symbolism and spiritually charged like energies that have to do with yes. these dates. And I don't know if that's, if that contributed to why they chose this Probably. particular these date. People are very into numerology. They're very into like that type of symbolism because they are, they do, they do rightly or wrongly believe that there's like power behind that type of stuff, which is kind of whack, but mm-hmm. that's, these people are, they like to they like to think they like to portray that they're all like atheists, but they're actually some of the most like weirdly mm-hmm. like spiritually rist- r- ritualistic people. Ritualistic, yeah, I think that's <laughs> a good word. Yeah, like in a, in a dark way, uh-huh. in my opinion. And that I think probably fuels their passion of why they do what they do, which is you know, be being in these positions of power and, and playing this game, playing this political game and power trying to play game, God. trying to play God. I mean, you, you have to be very emotional and very passionate in some way in order to... Afraid of death. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely some very psychological incentives and motivations that are going on in them internally yeah, I heard to it. even do these careers. <laughs> Well, I heard a I heard a, a concept, and this might be a good note to leave things on. But it was if you don't believe in an afterlife where you achieve immortality, then you're constantly chasing immortality on Earth, and you're doing everything you can to like avoid death. And mm. that's what these people are. They're people that do not have any sort of um, trust that there is something beyond this world that is mm. better than even what we're experiencing right now. And that there are powers that they cannot and will never be able to fully control. Yes. And it's this delusion that they can cheat the system of life. And you can't you can't cheat death, in my opinion. But we'll oh, see. very interesting. Yeah. Well, I think that's <laughs> a good place to end it. Um, we'll check check you guys next time yep keep yeah keep your eyes peeled thank you guys for listening um check out keon's uh docuseries yes on the great reset we'll link it in the mm-hmm. um, all this information will be attached to this episode and um yeah we will talk to you guys very soon catch us in the next episode and uh take care thank you yeah thank you guys make sure you like and subscribe as well and comments we love the comment section <laughs> do it all thank you <laughs> thank you all right bye